Hello and welcome to Night the Time or the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the uh, re- reflective man. I'm sure I've done that one already. It's hard to think of something for the wrap ups, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. Hello, um, David. Hello. Yeah. So, um, series twelve wrap up. Yep. Here we go. We've been doing this for twelve series, Matt. Yeah, it's too many, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lot. It's, too it's a many. lot. I think I think I'm right in saying this will be our hundred and seventy fifth regular episode. So that's not taking into account all of the bonus things and odds and goodness me. It's too many. And we still got a se- still got a series to go, Matt. No, but done it's yet. just a little diddly one, isn't it? Uh, in some ways, yes. <laughs> oh God. Um. So yeah, I mean, as always with the wrap up episodes, I I really like them. I find them, a, you know, it's exciting to get your thoughts on um, what we've just witnessed and um, look ahead to the future a little bit as well. Um, but you know, before we get there, how's your week been, Matt? You done anything exciting recently? Uh, so the house move is finished. I'm in. This is Hooray. the first episode recorded. In my new digs, the first one not mm. recorded in my old attic. Exciting. I wonder if our listeners will be able to detect the change in ambience. Well, yesterday um, I recorded with the Who Can Convince You Boys, uh, another yeah. episode of their Look Who's Talking, just general chit-chat series. And I recorded that in the spare bedroom of my new... I, I want to say my new house, but it's a flat. And yeah. because it's got built-in wardrobes, I'm so worried it was just really echoey. So I've come in the uh, living room for this. Mm. It'll be interesting to compare. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if it works, yeah. next week I'm going to record in the living room, but I can lie down on the sofa. I'm still sat at the dining table. I didn't want to go so <laughs> lazy that I like fall asleep mid-recording. Yeah, especially likely on a on a on a wrap up episode. They 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 tend to be a little bit uh, more relaxed generally. Yeah, you but know. mate, I I remember being a kid and just watching telly on a Saturday afternoon, and my dad mm. would just randomly fall asleep, and I I'd like wake him up and go like, oh, it's not bedtime, wake up. And now I, I'm so full of remorse. Just I should have left it. <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, like, like today, I, I just sit down and sometimes I don't even want to. I just fall asleep. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's just made me think of uh, just this evening. Um, I won't go into masses of detail, but for one reason or another, um, I was on solo parenting duty for most of the day. Um, it had gotten to about half six this evening and we, we were just on the cusp of... Um, you know, starting to wind things down for the evening. And my my partner was home and was, you know, willing and able to take over for a little bit. So I just went to have just a little lie down on the bed just for five minutes, not to go to, not to nap or anything, just literally just to close my eyes and not have a constant barrage of noise for five minutes. Um, after a couple of minutes, um, uh, little Zorbs and my partner came upstairs and 
the first thing little Zorbs did was say to me, Dada, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yes, okay, you can ask me a question. Just, to, you know, well, let's just hear this out. Um, and then I hear a little bit of shuffling. And then all of a sudden, thump, lands on my chest. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, that's really? not how you ask questions. You use words. <laughs> Um, it, the the question he then wanted to ask me was how much do I love robots? Uh, what? Why would he ever question that? We all know the answer. Yeah, I mean the 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 answer is I love robots quite a lot, but not quite as much as him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, the joys is, of life is, with a three year old. Is there any any what 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 am I trying to think of? Like race from fiction you like more than robots do you prefer cowboys i know they're not a race or pirates oh, I know what you mean. like a, like a sort of um archetype yeah yeah um oh that's a really good question i'm a big fan of a sort of generic fantasy adventurer yeah you know i like someone who's just th- you know packed their life in a knapsack and they're, you know, off on a journey. Um, and you know, subcategory of that, I, I, I quite, I quite like a sort of wandering minstrel type. Yeah, yeah. Just because I think there's something quite romantic about that. Like I, I, I sometimes, you know, I. Part of me wonders what, what you know. It, I mean, did it? Did those? Did they ever really exist? Was it? Could you ever really have eked out much of a living just wandering from town to town, strumming a lute and telling a few tales? But it's a lovely idea, I think. Um, what about you, Matt? What would you say is your favourite sort of fictional archetype? Yeah, probably. I'd go for the same. Oh, uh, yeah. We're definitely... showing our D and D colours here, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like, weirdly, I would never say cowboys, but I do enjoy a western. Yeah, I mean, I think westerns are like, you know, like like a lot of genre stuff, part of the appeal is in the formula. Yeah. You know, that it's variations on a theme. You know, to a large extent, you know broadly what you're going to get. So the interest lies in the details of what they change, how they tweak it, what they do differently to what's come before. It's similar to why I don't hold much truck with this notion that we're in any danger of any time soon reaching sort of peak superhero film or mm-hmm. superhero fatigue. I think that's going to run and run for a while yet because there are variations we've not found yet. There are... Yeah you know still things to be done there and and in the part of the draw i think for 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 audiences is that on a on a broad strokes level you know what you're getting uh-huh. so then the the interest lies in um like oh well how funny are they going to make it or are they going to play around with the structure of the story in an interesting way or you know whatever the case may be. Or in the case of like a lot of the Marvel things, it's frankly, it's it's soap opera. 
<laughs> you know, all, all yeah. the splashy action stuff gets people in. But what keeps them there, I think, is just, you know, the relationship dramas going on underneath all that. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm in pontificatory mood this evening. And, uh, you know, no no better time, I think, than when we're, when we're wrapping up a series. So um, shall we get the usual... Um, usual bits and bobs out of the way yeah where are we starting uh let's do a to z why not yeah yeah so we're up to j this week mm. um, is there so much a, going on for j it's a pretty big list pretty cohesive okay list this week um so shall we start with episodes yeah let's do it uh, right, so you can tell me whether you think these are good or bad, as per usual. Okay. Right, we start with Journey's End. It's okay, it's okay, it's a bit much. That that That's it for episodes. Oh, what about Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS? No, no, isn't that Voyage to the Centre of the TARDIS? Mm, I'm so- no, it's Journey. Ah, uh, I maybe skipped that. I mean, with oh, good well. reason. I mean, yeah. that still goes down in 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 history. It's the the only episode we've had to record twice. Yeah. For this pod- Do you remember that? Yeah, that was <laughs> uh, of all the episodes days, to have to. I'd I'd be fascinated to give that episode a re-listen at some point, just to see how deflated we sounded by the end of it. Yeah. Never go back, David. Um, Never go back. Um, <laughs> do you want some aliens? Approach. Um yeah, go on then. Uh I've got Jadoon. That's the only one on Wikipedia. But then yeah. could we put the Jagrafess in there as well? <laughs> oh, let's be generous and say yes, you can have the Jagrafess if if you so desire. Yeah. Do you want some characters? Yeah, all right. Uh, Joe Grant. Ah, great companion. Have you watched a Joe Grant story yet? I haven't. I haven't. But I'm we aware need of to address that. We need to address that, definitely. Uh, what about John Benton? Oh, yeah, Sergeant Benton. Yep. Uh, what about Jackson Lake? Oh, yes, everyone's favourite. Yeah. Played by David Morrissey, the other Doctor. Yeah. Um, What about Captain Jack Harkness? (sighs) Mm -hmm. Moving on. I mean, mean, yes, I, 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 I think it's fair to assume at this point that we have now seen the last of Captain Jack in Doctor Who. Um. So, yes, we hopefully can move on. Until, of course, we do flipping Torchwood for this podcast. Mm. Uh, do you want some actors and actresses? Uh, yeah, why not? What about Jenna Coleman? Uh, uh, yes, good actor. What about Janet Fielding? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say they're all good, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I generally, it, it, it takes a lot for some for me to dislike a performance in Doctor Who. Um, yeah, Janet Fielding plays Tegan. You've seen Tegan, haven't you? Yes, if you have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seen her get choked out. Yeah. 
Oh no, that's Perry. Oh, you're thinking of, oh no, Tegan's the Tegan's one. the Australian one, isn't it? Yeah, that you didn't realise was Australian. Yeah, it's the one where she's acting. like, and I've got a surprise for you. That's her, isn't it? Yeah. That's her. Uh, her what famous about, catchphrase. What about your friend and mine, writer of cookbooks, signer of DVDs, John Leeson? Ah, John Leeson. Um, and then yeah. under actors and actresses as well, we've got a uh, John mm. Barrowman. Yeah, we've got that's double true. controversy. Bo- moving swiftly on. It's all right, David. Moving it's just swiftly on. Foolery. Um, but then I think my pick, just simply because he was, you know, kind enough to send us a nice message, uh, mm. I might go Jamie for my pick. Ah, oh, Jamie. Yeah. Do you know what, actually? I'm going to go Can't. Jadoon. Screw him. Let's go Jadoon. <laughs> you partial to a Jadoon these days? I'm going to go Jadoon, then in brackets, fugitive of. Ah, I see. I see. Dad's sneaky. But sure, yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. It's a good episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. You didn't mention John Pertwee. Yeah, you shouted it last week and said that I had to do surnames. Yeah, but then you clearly haven't been this week, so... No, it feels like no. if, you get, if you're going to do John Leeson, you probably ought to mention John Pertwee as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's... I mean, there the, the other big John that we should probably mention is John Nathan Turner. Mm-hmm. who was the producer throughout the last uh, series with the fourth doctor and then all the way from that point on to the show's hiatus in 1989 so um tail end of the fourth doctor and all of the fifth sixth and seventh doctor eras mm-hmm. um so it, something of a complex Marmite kind of figure within within the sort of history of Doctor Who but you know he 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 he's he has left a indelible mark on the show's history um and the the sort of various pros and cons within that can be discussed ad nauseum and, and no doubt will be but um as an important historical figure within the show's, you know, timeline, I think John Nathan Turner definitely needs to be um, part of the discussion. Do you want to hear some writers? Always. Um, we've got Matthew Jacobs, who was apparently a uh, scriptwriter on the the television movie of nineteen ninety six. And we've got Charlene James, who wrote Can You Hear Me? Which is a cracking little episode. Uh, Glyn Jones, who wrote The Space Museum. Uh, which is underrated, as Hartnell stories go, I think feel like. And uh, Matt Jones, who wrote uh, Impossible Planet, Satan Pit. All, all one-hit wonders. Mm-hmm. Nobody with, with more than one story to their name which is interesting. Um, 
but you know all all stories i enjoy to to you know a large degree um no classic stories beginning with j as far as i can tell my list is literally just journey to the center of tardis and journey's end that's Uh that um so I'm struggling. I'm struggling, Matt, because I do like to stick to my um, my, my surnames only rule. So that rules out the likes of um, John Nathan Turner um, and John Pertwee. And if we're doing John <sighs> Pertwee and John Barrowman, we might as well do, do Jodie yeah. Whittaker as well. Oh, that's true. That's tr- Why didn't I even think of that? I feel... <laughs> Yeah. Um gosh, it's hard. It Jay is really is causing me some problems. Um You know what? I'm saying Jadoon as well. In fact, I'm going to say Jadoon mug. Oh yeah. The famous I'm not drinking Yeah, I'm not drinking out of it today, but that mug has given me so much joy over the years. Matt. It's got you through some dark times, hasn't it? It genuinely has. That's been that mug has been in my life for a very long time at this point. Probably it's probably my longest serving mug. See, I'm I'm drinking from my longest serving mug at the moment, which is yeah. a Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace Darth Maul Sith Lord mug. <laughs> Yeah, I that's, just love it. Um, like people can say what they want about episode one. I love this mug. Well, that's the thing. It's there's something about a a a piece of tie-in merchandise for a thing that isn't universally loved. Mm. It feels so much more specific. Like the other Doctor Who mug that I've got, that it's just a little one. You know when you get those like mini mugs that come with a Easter egg, and it's yep. specifically. The the colourful iPod style paradigm Daleks from uh, Victory of the Daleks. Yeah. yeah, and it'll say the word Dalek in it in a font that yeah. is never used in the show. Yeah, yeah, it's I I love all that stuff. I think it's it's really sort of it's special. So yeah, Jadoon Mug is my pick yeah. for one of the more um, niche picks. Yeah. yeah, but uh, you know, I I feel like I'm I'm owed it at this point. You know, we're we're what halfway through the alphabet? Probably not. I don't know. Uh, Bad at uh... one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Are we ten? I I don't know. I think yeah. I worked it out that I'm gonna have to. If there's twenty six letters in the alphabet, I'm gonna have to do two nines and an eight. If I'm breaking it up into three yeah. for our Christmas episodes. Yeah. Um, so, you so know, this we, might be in the first episode. It might be in the second. Only people at Christmas will know that. Indeed, indeed. Um, all right then, Matt. Um, would you like a bit of news? Oh, always. D- David, yeah, can I give okay. you some news about the news? Yeah, of course. Uh, this week, I reached out and tweeted Elliot Ball. Yes, okay. Yeah, I sent him a message. Yeah. 
And it just quite simply said, uh, Hi, Elliot. Uh, I don't know whether you're aware, but your Doctor Who stories have become, you know, very popular and a bit of a featured um, segment in our podcast. Just keep up the good mm-hmm. work. We really enjoy reading them. And he sent one back saying, Oh, thanks, guys. That's really complimentary. I look forward to listening. <laughs> yep. So, good egg. Good egg. Yeah, I know what you were expecting. You were expecting one of those messages where I said, oh, we featured it, and we get a reply just going, I've never listened to your podcast, and I don't know what this is. <laughs> yes. What is Doctor Who? Yeah. We can't um, get Doctor Who where I live. <laughs> in Plymouth. You know what? Yeah, I lived in Plymouth for a while at the time, but I had a really dodgy internet connection, so it was quite hard to get iPlayer to work. It was quite frustrating sometimes. Especially, I remember Pandorica opens. That my first time watching that, it was buffering like every three minutes. It was infuriating. That was a long time ago. I hope they've got better internet in Plymouth these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then, Matt. Um. I think you need to just issue a quick um, a quick retraction before we move mm-hmm. on. Yep. You know, we, we we were quite bold, weren't we, in um announcing the fourteenth doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Another another in our myriad of missteps. <sighs> yep, you know, but we're we're excited, aren't we? We're excited for for um for what's to come. I think it's you know, it's always an exciting time, isn't it, when you're looking ahead to a regeneration and there's always rumours flying about, and, and we, we jumped on the last one. Maybe we should have fact-checked it a little bit more. Um, but I am quite confident now in, in the one that I, I've been reading about this week. I don't know if you've seen this, Matt, or not. Um, but apparently, I mean, this it did take me by surprise a little bit, this one. But apparently, um, RTD has cast a tardigrade as... As the fourteenth Doctor, wow, and, a watermelon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's practical questions, obviously, that I think we're going to need to be answered in the fullness of time. Um, I'm assuming they 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 they're going to cast a voice actor as well. So you've got uh, sort of akin to, to to Darth Vader, where you had David Prowse in the costume and then uh, James Earl Jones providing the the voice. I think we're going to find out, hopefully, at some point who who who's going to be voicing the Tardigrade Doctor. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, I think it is going to present certain challenges with filming because obviously they are. I don't know that they're microscopic, but they they are certainly very small creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so one would presume maybe the companions are also going to be tardigrades. Maybe they're going to be visiting a lot of microscopic worlds. There are there are ways to make it work. You know, let's let's be open to this. RTD obviously has a vision for what he's wanting to do with the show. Um, but it, it it's a very left field choice, Matt. I think you'd agree. Mm-hmm. But also very, I, but, you know, 
Go it's on. on brand though, because they can like survive in the vacuum of space and things like that, can't they? Well, exactly. I know that's exactly my thinking. It's like you know, for so long now, it's been this kind of like three series and done thing you know we had it with tenant more or less you know give or take a couple of specials um we had it with smith we had it with capaldi now we've got it with uh with whittaker um it would be really nice to have a doctor that could actually rival tom baker's run in classic who and i feel mm. like the tardigrade might do that just because they are such hardy creatures yeah. because it is a demanding show you know i can i, I understand why actors tap out after a certain point but but i feel like this is a golden opportunity now to have something that's actually going to break the record yeah that'd be exciting to see and a whole new whole new twist on things yeah 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 i i'm really looking you know, forward to it. obviously um, i haven't seen flux but you know there might be subtle hints and clues as we go so one to, well, one yeah, to keep an eye to... out for yeah, I'll be very much looking looking forward to doing that as we as we go through flux in in the weeks to come. Um, but yeah, so um, that all being said, shall we shall we see what else is uh, in the Doctor Who news this week? Mm. Let's see what we've got on searchwise.net today. Uh-huh. Uh, com is going with 12 actors who want to return to Doctor Who. I mean, oh. actors like working, don't they? That's not a surprise. You could probably make a list of considerably more than 12. Um, the Express. Jodie Whittaker replaced by Danny Dyer as David Tennant no longer dot dot dot. We'd have to click to to get the rest of that headline. Ah, uh, this one uh, from Eurogamer. Doctor Who is coming to Fortnite, but not as you'd expect. Oh, How would you I, expect I, I, Doctor Who to come to Fortnite? I, I, I haven't read it or played it. I've never once played Fortnite, but I have. I got excited this week when I was like, oh, there's Doctor Who video game news, and that's it. Yeah, that's all it is. So guess what the next, next bonus I, episode will be? <laughs> oh what's this gossip here Bradley Walsh rushed to support John Bishop, Bishop who was in tears after filming Doctor Who wonder what that's all about it's because um, John Bishop's not really a scouser and he's sick of being typecast one, oh, here's one of these ones where people age who knew? Doctor Who star Peter Capaldi, unrecognisable in first TV role 40 years ago. Who'd have thought that someone would look different <laughs> 40 years earlier? Yeah. I, as a 35-year-old man, looked considerably different yeah. 40 years ago. Mm. Um, Titan Comics will reveal how the fugitive Doctor became a fugitive, says Bleeding Cool. Sounds a bit spoilery. Screen rant. Doctor Who already knows how to fix its biggest companion problem. Does it have a companion problem? Uh, yeah, there's too many of them and they don't do anything. 
Yeah, well, I mean, at the moment, sure. But, I mean, we've just dealt with that, haven't we? We, we ditched two of them. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe maybe oh. they've just, like... You know how George Lucas edited Star Wars afterwards? Yeah. Maybe they've just re-edited it so Ryan can ride a bike. <laughs> That's proper development. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Daily Mail, the Doctor Who shot to fame during the 1918 Spanish flu outbreak by pioneering social distancing. One might suspect that that's not actually related to the television show Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, are any of these jumping out to you, Matt? Do you want to hear about Danny Dyer definitely being the new Doctor? Yeah. Do you want to hear about Bradley Walsh supporting if, John If Bishop? nothing else, if nothing else, that Danny Dyer one... All the other ones are just going to be the same, aren't they? Uh, probably. Let's see. Okay. Doctor Who fans are desperate to find out who will be replacing Jodie Whittaker as the sci-fi hero. And with an array of names being added to the rumour mill at all, all the time, could latest speculation about EastEnders star Danny Dyer make for a realistic candidate? The answer is no. Um, Jodie, 39, has starred as the 13th Doctor Who since 2018, and it was confirmed last year that the next series, set to air later in 2022, will be her final episodes. Could Danny Dyer, 44, be the next Time Lord when he makes an exit from EastEnders as beloved landlord Mick Carter this year? It seems he is currently one bookie's favourite, overtaking some prominent potentials Hope to be the next BBC icon. Danny is now the sixth to full favourite to be named as the next Doctor, according to bookmaker Coral. So this is basically just an advert for uh, uh, a bookies here. So apologies, listeners. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, Danny Dyer is leaving EastEnders to look for new challenges, and many punters believe one of his first new roles will come in Doctor Who as the Time Lord. Coral's John Hill confirmed. So basically, they are actually egging people on to just throw money at what is definitely going to be a, a wasted yeah. bet. Yeah. Especially if the this source is pr- themselves is the bookmaker. Yeah. Just like going, Exactly. Oh, we, we, we've heard a rumor, like, oh, it's, it's definitely going to be this. Yeah. <laughs> this is flipping shameful, isn't it? Our international yeah. listeners, this is, this is genuinely what it's like for us in Britain. Like, it, yeah. Doctor Who casting... Just it, it 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 turns our media upside down. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um and, and our fake news doesn't come from politicians, it comes from gambling websites and bookmakers. <laughs> yeah, shocking stuff. So um I'll just finish this off. So Daya has been well backed in our betting and he is the clear favourite now ahead of Lydia West and Ollie Alexander. Ollie Alexander has been a popular choice for speculative replacements for a while, but he now comes behind Danny as four to one. Um, so there you go. I mean, it's moot at this point. We know it's going to be a tardigrade. I guess Danny Dyer could be voicing the tardigrade. Ah, oh, yeah, a Cockney tardigrade. Just like yeah, it's the best. It could be very interesting. You slag! What are you up to? I- I'd love it. <laughs> Well, if it ain't me, old chums, the Daleks, flying up the apples and pears. (laughs) To be fair, RTD took a big risk with Eccleston in 2005. Mm -hmm. That was a very conscious departure from the kind of doctors 
the, the public had been used to, you know, regional accents and, you know, more working class and stuff like that. So a tiny great voice by Danny Dyer. It's it's, you know, it could it could be the direction he's going in. Time will tell. Uh, all right, Matt, let's talk about series 12, shall we? Yeah. Let's get this over and done with. Um, I've got some questions for you. Um, Excellent. So let's start there. So looking back to series 11, I think we both agreed that that was kind of a weirdly unambitious series in terms of its storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some interesting production choices, but the story arc and the stories themselves kind of didn't really amount to much. But hopefully you'll agree with me. You, I, you can't really say the same thing for Series 12. It has tried more stuff yeah. um, and taken bigger risks with its storytelling. Does that make it a better series for you or... Is it still kind of on the similar level to series eleven? I I wish this was series eleven. Yeah, by, Can you imagine? by by having like such a bland series, I think they lost a good a lot of good faith. Then when they tried something different, it you know went down like a lead balloon. I I think you you're know? absolutely right, Matt. I think if, that is if, largely if what gonna, happened. If you're going to change things. Just go for it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, I think it would have been fascinating if if Chibnall had just come out swinging with this, because obviously, I mean, one presumes that he had something of a plan for the timeless child arc, because it's name dropped back in his second episode in the Ghost Monument. Do you remember the the sort of spooky rags? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then he does nothing with it in that series. And it only pays off way down the line. And, yeah, that's a strange choice to me. But I, I for me, it's, it's, it's very clear-cut. Series 12 is a good step above Series 11. Yeah. Um, not perfect, but it, it, it's nice to finally have a bit of ambition, I think, in what's being done. Um so now we're two series in. How are you feeling about uh, Whitaker as the Doctor? This, I don't want to say disappointed because mm. when she's good, she's really good. Uh, but it's yeah. taken us so long to get there. Yeah. The again, it's the same point. Like people had lost their good faith because we'd had so many just bland episodes. And the thing is in those bland episodes, Jodie Whittaker was rarely the worst bit. Oh no. You you can tell she, she puts a hundred percent in whatever she's given to work with. But I, I, I get so frustrated when she gets sidelined in her own stories. Hmm. You know, when when stuff that the Doctor should be doing gets given to other characters, like breaking out of prison or stealing the the, the Cyberman ship and stuff like that, just just let the Doctor be cool. 
let the doctor do stuff. Yeah. Allow and, and give her the same opportunities to be a hero that Tennant and Smith and Capaldi got. That's yeah, kind of because she she spends most of her episodes like just fangirling over whoever the historical person is that week. Mm. You know, I think back like, to the, all the doctors, Nikola Tesla yeah. one. Yeah, she just basically sounds like a talking Wikipedia page for for some of it, you know. Yeah. And like all the doctors do that, but they they get more on top of that, and and we 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 sometimes get it. Like I said last week, Re- Revolution of the Daleks. I love the plan she comes up with to deal with the Daleks in that story. But I'm like, I want that every week. I want the Doctor to save the day. And sometimes it feels like the Doctor is just there, and stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, as a performance, when she's given something good to do. I think she's outstanding, and I'm. This is not a new opinion, but I, a, a lot of people have said, when the time comes, fingers crossed, big finish, get her on the books because I think she could be a fantastic big finish doctor. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I'd second that. I'd second that. Yeah. So. Um, Looking at the companions, uh, we've bid farewell to Ryan and Graham at last. Um, overall, what did you make of their character arcs? Um, I don't really know. Like Ryan, I mean, he certainly threw that ball okay in the end, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. You know. I think we talked we talked last series about how it uh, it is a bugbear of mine is if you if you if you're going to 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 try and do some representation of a disability you have to show the struggles you can't just show and like and I'm sorry but like falling off a bike and missing a basketball shot doesn't count yeah I'm. I'm not saying that you have to. That has to. The whole has to solely define the character. Of course, it doesn't. But if you if you make a big deal of this character has this disability, and then you show them by and large being completely unaffected by it, that if anything diminishes the real struggles of people who do have that disability. Um, yeah. So I feel like it almost has the opposite of the desired effect. Um. So yeah, it it really it, it really does kind of um wind me up a bit that with Ryan. And and, sim- and as far similar as, sorry. with Graham. Like he yeah. he started he he and Grace were like the wise old owls. And then yeah. yes, Grace passed on and we struggled with that, but Graham was just still the wise old owl, <laughs> you know? Yes, I, yeah. And then at the end, it's just like, oh, you two can have some psychic paper, go fight some aliens if you want. Yeah. I I mean, that's the thing. It, it is... It's hard not to feel like everything Chibnall had thought of to do with those characters had already been done by the end of Series 11. For a lot of Series yeah. 12, it feels like they're just there. 
Yeah. Um, and that's it. They're, they're just there because they're there. They don't serve any purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're never really the driving force of any of the stories that we get in Series 12. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you know. They're not they're, as characters. I don't think they're bad at all. Like it, I find them both agreeable on-screen presences. But yeah, I hoped for a little more for what was going to be their second and final series. Um, apart from you know, just I mean, especially the final scene where it's just them back on the hill and it's just like it's it always feels like a like a trick. To try and make us feel like we've had closure, because yeah, they're absolutely. back at the same place, but it doesn't really feel like closure. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and let's not let's not grumble too much. Um. Uh. My next question is an easy one, Matt. Uh, well, hopefully an easy one for you. Uh, does Yaz have a personality yet? Kind of. At the end, she got angry that she missed the Doctor, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. I think they've got that. By the end of Series 12, I feel like they've got there with Yaz. (laughs) But, oh, goodness me. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Hasn't it? And I feel like all the credit really should go to Mandip Gill. See, I'm worried because... Next season, like I know John Bishop's going to turn up at some point. Yeah. If it's just the Doctor and Yaz, I think we've gone from too many to too few companions. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, a lot of people, I think, were very excited for a uh, just Doctor and Yaz series, and we were a little disappointed when John Bishop was announced. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I think Um, I don't want to obviously say too much or spoil anything uh, when it comes to to the next series but um, I will say Yaz is one of those companions where a bit like Martha I liked her right from the beginning but I liked her almost in spite of the writing for the character rather than because of it yes yeah I think Mandip Gill has you know, is an incredible actor and has really good charisma, um, good range, and makes the most of everything she's given. But, you know, especially Series 11, she was not given anywhere near enough. And even with Series 12, she's she's always fighting for space with, with you know, Ryan and Graham and whoever the guest stars are for that episode and all the rest of it. But whenever she gets her moments, I think they they have probably have more impact than almost anything else in series twelve. Yeah. Um. So we didn't get any new companions this series, but we did get a new Doctor. Yes, namely here we go. the Fugitive Doctor. So, where do you want them to go next with that character? Um. I. I... I wouldn't mind it if that was the next incarnation of the Doctor who had planted all the stuff about the Timeless Child and none of that was actually true 
Oh, you're hoping for a full retcon. Yeah. But do it cleverly. Don't just say, no, that didn't happen. Say that the Doctor themselves created that myth to avoid whatever trouble it is in the future. Yeah. I think that would probably go down very well, you know, Matt. That would go down very well. I, I know what you mean. Like, a retcon is okay if it's clever. I mean, what what is the day of the Doctor, if not one of the world's most clever and audacious retcons mm. in the history of science fiction? Um, but, um, yeah, it could happen. It could happen. I don't know whether it, it will happen next, but it certainly could. Um Obviously, we mentioned there when we were doing um, Have I Got Who's For You, there is a a comic coming out soon that is, you know, the implication is that it's going to be canonical. And to what extent it's going to tell, to tell the true origins, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get that exactly. But, we, you know, we'll wait and see. I'm quite interested to see that. I'm more interested in... Um, if if RTD is not going to do anything with the Fugitive Doctor, you you can guarantee Big Finish will snap her up in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. and I'm I'll be there for that, absolutely. So we got our fourth master in You Who. You know we've had um, Jacoby and Sim and Gomez. Now we've got Dewan. How do you feel about his take on the master? Uh, I'm going to rank Missy as number one. Yep. Sims, number two. Yep. And then probably, I don't know, because Jacoby's barely in it as the master. Barely in it, but my God, does he make the most of what he's got there. Yeah. Some great scenes. And also... I might rank them joint third. Yeah. I, I, I will say as well, uh, if you if you're hankering for more Jacoby Master, uh, Big Finish, I've got you covered. I'm I'm done with Big Finish. <laughs> what you, you they peaked with Lady Christina for you? Yeah, try anything <laughs> once. That's my uh, my mantra. Oh dear. Um, um yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know if I like this Master. It mm. it's too big. I like it where. He's like sinister but damaged. I don't like it where he's just like a silly little boy. I quite like it. I mean, it is intentionally it's very mercurial. It's very kind of like um It's like he's got two two settings and he just flicks between them. Mm-hmm. You know. Um and there's no whereas with I mean with Missy there was there was this enormous range and, you know, just layer upon layer going on with her performance. I mean, Michelle Gomez is just uh, genuinely irreplaceable, one of a kind. You couldn't, you couldn't, I feel like you almost couldn't plan for a performance like that. And certainly it would be unfair to expect any other actor to do anything along those lines. They had to do something different. And um, Duan does feel different. You know, it's it will be interesting. i tell you what I would like to see. 
I would really like to see his master continue beyond the Whitaker era. You know, for him to be kind of the, the Anthony Ainley of New Who. Mm. Uh, beautiful, beautiful Anthony Ainley. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, Sasha Dewan's easy on the eye as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, I could see that happening. I hope, I hope we don't just get rid of his master at the same time as we, uh, we uh, bid farewell to, to Whitaker's doctor. I think that'd be a missed opportunity. Um, but anyway, speaking of the master and uh, his, uh, his uh, nefarious actions, how do you feel about Gallifrey being blown up again? It's just like, it, it's blown up more than it's together. Yeah, like, certainly I, in you. I, I, I don't really keep track of it. I just have the basic assumption it's been blown up. <laughs> it's fair enough at this point. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it won't be, but someone will yeah. blow it up again. It'll be fascinating if RTD, the man who first blew up Gallifrey, is the one to bring it back again and just be like, nah, I'm bored of this on one time, Lords. Because, um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like... He did the Time War. I oh god, I I'm fascinated with what what RTD is going to do having a, another crack at it. How much of a radical rethink is it going to be? Well, well, we'll find out next year. Um. So we've got the usual question: uh, potential returning monsters and aliens. Um, very slim pickings this series because mm-hmm. we we had. Whereas series eleven was all new creatures, there is a lot of returning ones this this yeah. series. So yeah. not a lot of brand new concepts here. We've got the Kasavin from Spyfall. No, boring. I see. I I think they've got potential. I think other they, writers could do interesting things with them. They're just Doctor Who generic, otherworldly beings. Just no. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, we got the dregs from Warford Fifty Five, um, but they've made a comeback already, haven't they? <laughs> they have, yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're the one that have jumped the shark. They're but they're here to stay. Uh, we got the Skithra from the Tesla episode. Uh, what? Oh, they were the arachnid people, weren't they? Yeah, scorpion people. Yeah, not to be confused with arachnus. Yeah. But I think you could have fun with a sort of Skithra Rachnos war. Yeah. In something. the same way you've got uh, the Absorbaloth versus the Slivine. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I'd be up for it. Um, Zelin and Rakaya, the eternal um, beings. The, from, they, um, they deserved better. Yeah. If any are going to come back, get them. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I because yeah, I love those kinds of you know more ethereal uh, yeah. being godlike beings, and they are dealt with so quickly. And Can the thing is, David, I, I know you're going to go mad when I say this, right? Yeah. But how many times can we do Cybermen and Daleks? They're shit. They're absolutely <laughs> just 
They're just boring. Like, I, I can't do another <laughs> Cyberman story. They're absolutely so boring. I think this and is ev- very much... Every time we get a Dalek story, it's like, oh, we'll put a little spin on it and we'll say the Daleks are... Oh, these ones aren't Daleks this time. They're anti-riots. Oh, we've got World War Two Dalek, or this, that, and the other. And it always ends up the same. It's always the same resolution. I'm it's always sick- just some, some tanks trundling trund- trund- around fire- firing laser beams. Yeah, and we'll definitely yeah. get... You know, you know what our listeners are like. They're absolute fucking clowns. They'll be like, oh, Matt, you're wrong. I'm not wrong, right? <laughs> they're, they're boring. I think this in some ways is a symptom of the way in which you have experienced this show. Like, and the fact that you've watched an episode pretty much every week. Like, we, we always say, which ones do we want to come back, right? Yeah. And there there are some that are obviously just one note and shouldn't come back. But then yeah. the Daleks and the Cybermen, that still applies to them, but they crop up every other week. Just... And and no one can explain to me the law. Like, oh, where do the Cybermen come from? Well, there's different thoughts on that, Matt. There's two different <laughs> stories. Right, well, just please don't waste my time with this any further. Um, so the last thing on my list, Matt, is um, whether you want to count it or not, the Cybermasters. They're yeah. technically a new race. Um, do you want them back? No, because all they've done there is taken two things I'm sick of, Time Lords and Cybermen, and put them together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the, the, that's a dangling thread that needs to be resolved at some point, one way or another. So, um, last question for you, Matt. And then maybe we can hear from our listeners a bit. I, you are already aware of the structure of Flux. It's it's one story told across six episodes. Yeah. Um, and you're aware as well that it was produced by and large during lockdown, the sort of the height of the pandemic. And the, as a result, you know, they had to make some different creative choices to work around that. What would you say your biggest hopes and fears are for Flux? Um... I want it to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, Im- imagine if we've had two crap seasons and everyone's really down on Doctor Who, but then they like... I know it's a phrase you don't like, but what if they stick the landing if it's just really good? That would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, I- I'd do love you th- it. Do you think it it has any chance of being good? <laughs> um... Uh, I I wouldn't say if I was a gambling man, I'd put all my money on it. No, mm. Mm. that's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, I don't want to tip my hand just yet. Um, but I I am very interested to to get your thoughts on Flux. Mm. I think we we I think we're going to be in for an interesting few weeks when when we when we tackle that series. Now, I'll put it that way. When when we're doing it, yeah. Should should I stick to one episode one week, 
or should I watch it all in one go and just talk about each bit each week? No, no. I would say very much experience it the way the rest of the world did. Do one episode a week. Right. I think it, it, it if anything, I think it, it benefited enormously for that from that. Um, so I, I'd like us to stick to that plan, I think. Yeah, that's good, because that, that gives me six days to sit on the edge of my seat just desperately waiting for the next. <laughs> yeah, I, it gives you some time for, to let it percolate and stuff. I think I, I really want to be careful about what I say. No, I'm not going to say anything else. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, and not just because it means we'll we'll be very very close to being caught up. I think it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be uh, an interesting ride for us both. So, did we get many thoughts about series twelve from our listeners, Matt? Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got a few. Um, Excellent. Foolishly, I let them send them by email, so they're a bit longer than the usual tweets. Well, do you want to pick out some choice quotes? Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to have to do. That's what yeah. I'm going to have to do. Um, I did send some sort of general questions that I thought we'd be talking about. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll try and pick out those points. Um, yeah. So should we start with Rob from the Cloister Bell podcast? Yeah, why not? Do you want to say hello, David? Hello, Rob. Uh, so one of the questions I asked was, did you like the Timeless Child reveal? Uh, Rob says, at the time, I didn't like it so much, but in retrospect, yes, it's growing on me. It's definitely not a watertight idea, though. There will always be things that don't add up. But it was entertaining watching it ruin the lives of certain fans. <laughs> yeah, I can I can attest to that. And then I did say, how great is Joe Martin? And then in brackets, she's pretty great. Uh, Rob says she was absolutely belter, but we need more answers since a lot of stuff about her didn't really make much sense, such as her having a police box and also holding fundamental values that weren't yet even attributed to the early doctors. Yeah, I can see your points. I've, I've, I think I mentioned uh, already on pod my, my head for the for the police box thing. Mm-hmm. So. Um... Yeah, I won't go over that again. Uh, would you like James Swifty Swift's thoughts on the Timeless Child reveal? I would, yeah. Uh, okay, so when the episode aired... Oh, sorry, David, you need to say hello to James Swift before I read any further. Hello, James. Okay, so when the episode aired, I didn't know how I felt. I didn't hate it, to be clear. It was just, yeah. It took a year for me to rewatch the episode, and I left it feeling better. After my most recent watch, I think I can officially say I liked the Timeless Child reveal. Mm. This is interesting. This is really interesting to hear. Um, mm. Any any other thoughts from James? Uh, no, just a short one. Oh, great. Uh, where do you want to go next? Do you want BT Flibbity Gigged or do you want Ariel? Uh, let's, let's hear Ariel's thoughts. Leave yeah. the curator hanging. For yeah. a little bit longer. Uh, weirdly, today, when I saw that we'd got an email from Ariel, you know how we give people like little nicknames, like James Swifty yeah. Swift? Uh, I just started singing the song Ariel's by System of a Down, so I might start doing that every week, David. Do you think that's a good idea? I do not think that's a good idea, Matt. <laughs> okay. 
So we got this uh, message. It comes from uh, aerials in the sky. When you lose yourself, you free your mind. Uh, I love how you. Life is <laughs> waterfall. One in the river and one again after the fall. It's probably my favourite system of a down song, that. There yeah. you go. There's a little tidbit for everyone. Lovely. I love, Matt, how you sing like a singer in a working man's club. Yeah. Yeah. Like Les <laughs> Alamos of... from uh, Phoenix Nights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just Love take a really, really sombre song, but just put it into a jaunty tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next week right. I'm going to do it like Vic Reeves and just start like going Hoot me you Right uh, anyway. If you don't know what we're talking about there listeners that's that's worth uh, doing a bit of research on YouTube Yeah, Your, your, your day will be improved It's a cu- um, cultural touchstone of the 90s in Britain Yes. Right. So, Ariel says, I think my tweets make it pretty clear that I despise the timeless child twist because of what it does to the Doctor's character. That review hasn't come out yet, but I'm guessing my tweets weren't read out because they were too long. So just to reiterate the key point, the Doctor's whole character was that they were an ordinary Time Lord who was special because they chose to break the rules and save people. And now they were born special, which makes the character fundamentally different and less meaningful as a hero. I think we did read that out, didn't we? We did read that out, and um, I, I I did gently refute that because it's it's uh, Ariel is by no means the only person who has that opinion, and and uh, to be clear, totally I totally respect people are entitled to have uh, their opinions. Um, one hundred percent. It's not. It's not an interpretation that I, I personally agree with, um, because I don't. Th- I I don't. Und- I don't really sort of read anything in the Timeless Child, which implies that uh, the Doctor is somehow born special because of it. Like I say, I think if anything, they they are they are a, a victim of tragedy. In that story, um, but anyway, um, we won't. We don't need to relitigate right. that too much. I don't think. Right. I'm going to skip to the end of Ariel's email because it is quite okay. a long one. As far yeah. as the series as a whole, I actually enjoyed it for the most part, despite what that rant might imply. It was a big mm-hmm. step up from Eleven and is pretty solidly in the middle of my total series rankings. I think Jodie Whittaker really got to show off her acting ability in these episodes and had some great standout moments. I just wish the ending hadn't been such a letdown, but alas, I really like the special following it. I really like the special following it, which washed a lot of the negativity away. Yeah, Revolution of the Daleks is is a great palate cleanser after the Timeless Child. It, uh, I mean, fair play to Chibnall. He couldn't have. I think pitched it better in terms of you've got this massive lore dump, and the next episode is like. Let's have a big old run around with some Daleks. Let's throw Captain Jack into the mix. Let's, you know, just have a good old time. So I love the contrast of those episodes. Right, should we go to BT next? 
Uh, yes, absolutely. Well, we can't until you say hello, David. Hello, David. We can't until you say hello to BT Flibbity Giggard, David. Oh, um, sorry, Matt. Sorry. Hang on. I've, I, I, I've just, I've just picked up on what's going on here. I've got some notes here. Um, one second. Um, greetings, curator. Greetings, curator. There we go. Right. Do you know what? Pe people are going to think that we've written that as like a little sketch. <laughs> people are going to think, oh, that, that's really good of Matt and David. They're into in this together. Every week I live in fear of what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm worried our pod one week will just end. The last ever episode, I'll go, uh, we've got an email from BT Flibbity Giggard. Say hello, David. And I'll just hear a gunshot. <laughs> Every week, like, <laughs> as soon as I say, say hello, David, like, my my arse gets so tight, David, I could turn cold to diamond because I worry so much about what you're going to say. Like, I, I need it to be out there that I'm not in on this joke. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> like, and anyone listening, if you think we plan any aspect of this, like, like I, I mean, I yeah. wrote down some things that started with J today, but that's about it. I didn't even do that. No, I had uh, hey, let me too busy clear, writing uh, your little sketch comedy act to drop in at any point. <laughs> Um, yes. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, let's let's hear what the curator has to say about. I haven't even got this. any delicious splash cola to cheer me up this week. I think <sighs> we did such a bad job advertising <laughs> that product. They're not interested anymore, David. Who's going to pay my well, rent? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows? Right. Uh, uh... Right, BT talks a lot about Lung Barrow here. I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> right? But the whole, the whole email is basically about Lung Barrow. So I, I think I'm going to condense this email down and just go, like, if you can find it on eBay, buy it, read that. <laughs> Good luck. It, it's not cheap. Um... Right. Yeah, all right. Uh, right. Should we what, move on? What What is the Cartmel plan? Um, so the um the script editor of um, I want to say all of the Seventh Doctor era, maybe certainly his last couple of series, um, was a chap called Andrew Cartmel. Right, and he my my old maths teacher was a guy called Andrew Cartmel. I don't expect it is the same one. I used to call him Mr. Fart Smell, and he kicked <laughs> me out of his lesson once. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, to be honest. I mean, I, I feel like I can't blame either of you in that situation. I can't no. blame a child for thinking Mr. Fart Smell is a funny thing to say. Yeah, it's a good Nor thing my surname doesn't rhyme with anything inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That one's just for me and you, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it oddly right, doesn't man. come up as much as you would think. I mean, it's right, <laughs> it's right, it's right there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it really is. It, it it doesn't take a, a genius to um, to make that leap. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so the Cartmel master plan that was he had this long term story arc that he he started to sow seeds for in what would turn out to be the final series of Doctor Who. And so it never came to fruition. And it was a big law dump thing. It was all about sort of the history of the Time Lords and should, how... Should I read BT's condensed version? Uh, yeah, if you've, if you've got a quick version, we'll, we'll, we'll go for it. Right. So the Doctor is a reincarnation or version of the other, a dude from Gallifrey and Law who was one of the three main founders of modern Gallifrey, along with Rassilon and Omega. In Lungbarrow from the 90s, uh, we get a version of the Cartmel plan that absolutely rules. Essentially, the seventh Doctor goes back to Gallifrey as the weird black sheep failure cousin. We find out that all Gallifreyans are born out of the genetic material of previous Gallifreyans via loops. Then the seventh Doctor manipulates circumstances of his own birth to get special regeneration powers. But basically, because he wants to, he just wants to do one thing. It's a perfect balance of the Carmel Plant's mythic hero version of the Doctor and the sea student hot mess version of the Doctor. Lungbarrow is kind of a mess, but I love what they did with the concept. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, um, it's. I do. I do need to read Lungbarrow one day, um, but. It's fine. Look, the, the thing I I kind of come back to what what I you know I I read in our in our timeless child uh, episode from from DWM. I really like how that sort of says basically we don't want a stagnant Doctor Who. You got to find ways to keep reinventing it, keep moving forward, keep doing different things with it, and sometimes that's going to throw up contradictions. I think it's just nature of the beast. Um, so, yeah, I get that it. I get that it annoyed people, but I think it's ultimately it's healthy, and I think, I think when the dust is is fully settled on it, I think people will realise it matters a lot less than than they felt like it did at the time. Right. Next email. We've only got two more to go, David. Okey dokey. This is from James, son of Nicholas Courtney. Hello, says, James. Well done for remembering, I forgot that. Thank you. He says, Ryan and Graham were absolutely pointless in this series. They didn't do anything except keep Yaz from developing. They really should have left in resolution and let Yaz and the Doctor have series 12s to themselves. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine? Like, there's there's nothing about their exit as we get it in in, um, Revolution of the Dalek that couldn't have happened at the end of Resolution, is there? No. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Plus, it's very like, frustrating when you think about if, that. If I walked past and like I saw you out on the moorland and you were with Little Absorbaloff teaching him how to read a bi- uh, ride a bike, sorry, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't think, oh, that's the end of that story. I'll probably never see David again. <laughs> you know, like that is not the ending of a story, is it? <laughs> No, no, it's not quite. Um, But anyway. Yeah. Uh, It talks about how good uh, Joe Martin is. 
importantly, does say that Jodie gets more moments to shine in this series. Definitely. Um, then he says, I guess this brings us onto the Tim Shawless children. I don't completely understand why people are so angry. I'll expect it'll be ignored in years to come, like the Doctor being half-human was. There are actually some interesting ideas at play in the episode. It's just that they were done so poorly. Yeah, I very much agree agree with that. And then he says, I'll end on a question for you, Matt. Which is better, Series 12 of Doctor Who or Series 1 of Lady Christina Adventures? Oh, lovely question. It is, but I think you're forgetting the fundamental aspect of listener tweets, David. I ask the question, so I'm going to refuse <laughs> to answer that. Um, okay, I prefer I mean, nothing. The, the, yeah. ans- the answer is Lady Christina Adventures. But... <laughs> I mean, it was over quicker. That was That's why it just pips it. Mm. And when it finished, I knew what was going on. <laughs> that's always a nice feeling, isn't it? When you get to the yeah. end of a story. Yeah. To feel like you've understood what's been happening. At, at the end, Lady Christina and her friend go on to some moorland and ride a bike. <laughs> and I was like, that story is quite clearly concluded. Mm. Yeah. It's a classic ending, isn't it? It is. It's almost, it's almost a cliche at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They might as well have just put them. They all lived happily ever after. Um, all right then, Matt. Um, how are we doing for time? We've got We've one going more, a while. We've we got one more yeah. email. All right, okay. And David, it's time to remove any headwear. Have you got anything on this week? Uh, yes, I do. What, what have you gone for this week? Bowler hat. <sighs> give me the deer stalker, or give me death. <laughs> Right. I'm just, I'm, you know, I, I, look, I've, 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 I'm just struggling to source a deer stalker, Matt. I've, I've, I've been to my local, um, my local milliners, and uh, they, they, they just couldn't, they couldn't fix me up with a deer stalker, so I had to make do with a bowler this week. Right. Well, there's always next week. I hope there is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I might put a pause on listeners' tweets throughout Flux to give you the opportunity to get a hat. <laughs> Do you know what? Let's I'm, I'm, I'm to sticking that. to that. For six weeks, no more listener tweets through Flux. <laughs> Unless I get a deer stalker. Yep. Yep. Okay, so save your tweets. Mm-hmm. You know, do something more productive with your time. Right. <laughs> Last message comes from Marie Boudreaux. Say hello, David. Hello, Marie. Right. I felt Jodie really came into her own as her version of the Doctor in this series. Okay. I enjoyed it, but it could be my bias due to my attraction to the new Master. Ooh, a bit bit flirty there. Mm. Okay. I loved this arc so much because it revealed so much of the two Time Lords and how they handle their self-discoveries. When he first came into the story, I thought, wait. They were just friends, or at least becoming better at being close. Why is the Master so mad and manic again? Exactly. Makes no sense. Pointless. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chibbers proved he is exceptional at making a TV show, even if the TV show itself wasn't a great fit for his style. He still made beautiful episodes with deep emotional content. Okay. 
I get the idea that they want to protect the law and have a final say in where this goes, but I do love the fact it can change on a whim and feel that this is the best part about the whole thing in, in the Doctor Who world. Nothing is final. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. There we go. So that's Lovely. listener tweets, listeners' emails done for this week. Mm. We didn't get Wonderful. any emails from people that don't listen this week, which is disappointing. Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? But <laughs> there's always next time. Yeah. One, one thing I was going to ask David. And, yeah, uh, of course. And, 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 and I haven't asked. Do you do Wordle? I do do Wordle, yes. Yeah, I, I've become addicted to it. Have you got Just a good recently, streak yeah. going? Yeah, I've got three uh, weeks solid. Uh, my best streak is 19. Uh, I'm on 21 at the minute. Mm. I, I wish I had a Wordle WhatsApp group. Stupidly, when my brother was doing it in the early days, I was like laughing and saying it was pointless and it was stupid, but I love it so much. <laughs> it's very addictive, I will say. It's it's yeah. very easy to become part of one's routine. Yeah. Um, I, I'm usually the first person in at work, and everyone thinks I go in really early because I'm really busy and I get loads of jobs done. But I just make a coffee and sit and play Wordle for half an hour. <laughs> Does it take you half an hour to do a Wordle? <laughs> Well, no, but I'm a very, a very deep, thoughtful person, David. I like to choose poignant words. <laughs> oh, I, I see. I'm not methodical. Like my brother always says, his starting word is always stare because it's got a lot of common letters in. Mm. But I just put like Jesus and just, <laughs> just words that really move me. Yeah. So you just we're more composing, composing a poem than uh, yeah, solving yeah, a like puzzle. Yeah, like a sharp yeah. haiku. A wordle yeah. haiku, yeah. But one, but one that you win every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which like, is the best? That's that's the best kind of poetry. The one where there is a victor at the yeah. end. I'll admit the the last line of my poems are often the weakest because it'll be like yeah. Jesus loved, and then you get to the end and it's like saute or <laughs> allow. I don't want to spoil today's wordle if people are listening live, uh, yeah. but it's actually allowed today. Yeah. So, so. so yeah, apologies for all of our live listeners. Yeah. 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 Um, what um, else have we got to talk about? I don't know. I prepared a quiz, but I'm too tired to do it. We'll do it another week, but ask me one question from the quiz. Oh no, because there's a whole preamble. I've got to explain the 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 point of the. Do you want to do the quiz? How how tired are you, Matt? I'm pretty tired. It's Saturday night. I can have a lie-in tomorrow. Uh, our listeners are probably tired as well. So I apologise, listeners. I was going to say this for another time. Let's just do it. Let's do the inaugural TARDIS Wiki random article quiz. Okay. So what I did was I popped on TARDIS Wiki, used the random article link, and just kept clicking it until I come up with just some incredibly obscure shit to make a, a multiple choice question out of. So we've got five questions, Matt. Okay. All multiple choice. Um, all sourced from <laughs> random articles on TARDIS Wiki. So question one. Uh, Closing Time is a TV story featuring the 11th Doctor and guest star James Corden. But it was also the title of a short story featured in what publication? Your choices are A, uh, issue 267 of Doctor Who Adventures, B, issue 16 of Torchwood magazine, or C, issue 549 of Doctor Who magazine. I'm going Doctor Who magazine. 
I'm afraid, Matt, the answer was issue 16 of Torchwood magazine. Oh, dear. I didn't even know there was a Torchwood magazine. Mm. wonder how many I, issues that got to. I, I do, because they've all been seized and used in evidence in recent uh, cases against John Barrowman. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, question two. In the Big Finish audio Creatures of Beauty, Gilbrook was the chief security officer for the Veln, I think that is. Uh, he disagreed with the methods w- uh, when dealing with Nyssa. Uh, he raided Lady Forladen's estate to look for Nyssa and which doctor? Is it A, the third doctor, B, the fourth doctor, C, the fifth doctor? Uh, I believe it's the fifth Doctor. Oh, well done. I wondered if you would remember Nyssa or not. Yeah. It, um, I, I can't picture her, but for some reason, as soon as you said her name, I was like, that's Tom Baker. But even that's yeah. not the fifth Doctor, is it? That's not <laughs> the fifth Doctor. But yeah. to be fair, Nyssa did, was introduced late in Tom Baker's run. It was inherited right. by the fifth Doctor. So there you go. Anyway... Uh, question three. Two Coal Hill School students, Noah and Yashay, claim they were on free period when they were scolded by a policeman for hanging around uh, out of school in what story? Was it A, the caretaker, B, remembrance of the Daleks, or C, an unearthly child? Oh, that's a good one, because caretaker's set in Coal Hill, and I know they go... But Remembrance child. of the Daleks is also set in Coal Hill School, as is an unearthly child. They all feature Coal Hill I, School. I, I'm going to go with an unearthly child. Final answer? Yep. It was A, the caretaker. <sighs> then the, the policeman shortly thereafter gets murdered by the Scovox Blitzer. Right, okay, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, now, that, now that you've said it, I can picture that scene pretty much perfectly. Yeah. Okay, question four. Sister Corvin was a member of the Sisters of Plenitude. What species was she and her fellow sisters? Was she A, Mavellan, B, Catkind, or C, Vinvochi? I'm going to say Catkind, just because I know there was those sisters of whatever. Yeah, you are correct. It's the old Catmans. Yeah. Is that New Earth, that story? That is New Earth, yeah. Um, I, I, I just guessed that because I knew you'd be Googling New Earth. It's your favourite <laughs> story. I love that one so much. Uh, so, last one. This is probably my favourite uh, question of the bunch. Uh, question five. Alex K. Bedley was third assistant director on the Sarah Jane Adventure story Invasion of the Bane. But for which Series 3 Doctor Who story? Did they serve as second assistant director? Is it A, the Shakespeare Code, B, the Lazarus Experiment, or C, Blink? I don't know why, but I'm going to say the Lazarus Experiment. Good guess. Incorrect. I'm afraid the answer was A, the Shakespeare Code. Ah, wow. So there you go. Did you enjoy that quiz, Matt? Yeah. I I love a quiz. Yeah? I love a quiz. (laughs) literally any old shite yeah (laughs) i just i i i I genuinely marvel at tardis wiki there is no there is no fact too obscure or tangential that that they won't give it so i I feel sorry for like 
if there's any listeners that got excited at the idea of us doing a quiz, you know, yeah. they might have been downhearted when we weren't doing it. But imagine them calling their wife into the room, like <laughs> Jenny, Jenny, they are doing the quiz. Get the children, <laughs> and then it's just us going, I don't know, B. <laughs> Scovox Blitzer or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right then. Um, so, as is traditional, I'm just going to pointlessly rank some stuff, and then we can all go home. Um, so, my series twelve episode rankings um, got nine stories to to rank because I'm lumping Spyfall one and two in together, and I'm lumping Ascension of the Cybermen and the Timeless Children together as well. So, right at the bottom, Praxius. Just didn't didn't work. Didn't come together. No. Not for lack of trying, but ultimately not enjoyable to watch. Uh, eight for me is Ascension of the Cybermen and the Timeless Children. I don't dislike what it does from a lore perspective. Um, I don't think it's an entertaining hour and a half of televi- television if you... You know, take it as a whole. Uh-huh. I think it's it's quite quite badly paced and uh, thinly written. Um, at number seven for me, uh, Orphan Fifty Five. Like I will yeah. stick up for Orphan Fifty Five, but it, it's not it's not brilliant. No, <laughs> like I don't think it's as bad as people make out, but it's not it's not like it's not one of my go tos. Yeah, I put it that way. Um, uh, number six for me, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, which I enjoyed more on a first watch. I it, it lost a bit of its shine on the second watch. I think just because you were so down on it. Yeah, but I I I don't know why. I don't know why, but that episode really irritates me. I really don't like it, and I could. I, yeah, I, I think it's fine. Like I I know when we reviewed it, I probably highlighted a few things I didn't like, but now. Yeah. Like, a good month or so down the line. I'm just like, I don't know why, but I just hate it. Never want to just watch not, it. Not, not a fan. Not into it. Um, Yeah, I mean, fair enough. It's not it's not everyone's bag. Um, So, next for me, number five, Spyfall 1 and 2. Um, which... You know, is a bit all over the place, but largely entertaining, I think. Yeah, like part one, I, I, I think I literally liked the last ten minutes of part one. Mm. I didn't really like the build up to the reveal of the master, and then I didn't really like what they did once the master <laughs> was revealed. But the actual reveal was pretty good. Oh, it it is a great scene. And I do think, like, if you rewatch all of Sasha Dewan's scenes in Spyfall Part 1, knowing what's to come, he's doing some great work there. So that, that's, you know, worth a go at some point if you've never done it. Um, number four for me, Revolution of the Daleks. Like, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just really solidly entertaining Doctor Who. It's just Dalek golf, um, isn't it? Seen it a number thousand three. times before. Go on, number three. Mm. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, can you hear me? Is my number three. Yes, I can. Number three. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, at number two, Fugitive of the Jadoo. Yes, I can, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, possibly controversial placing there. Um, yeah. I think for a lot of people, it would be their number one. Yeah, it would be mine, I would say. Mm, yeah. I think for me, once you know the reveal, um, the thing that the part of it I actually enjoy the most is actually the stuff that happens before the reveal that, you know, the more knockabout, silly um, stuff with the Jadoon and, and all of that. Um, Ollie is Alan. I mean, which isn't to take. Yeah, exactly. All of that nonsense. But I, um, but that's not to take anything away from Joe Martin's performance, which is just um, phenomenal start to finish. Um but for me, uh, number one, Haunting of Villa Diodati. Oh, David. Oh. oh. It's a great episode. Oh, it's not, though, is it? It's not. <laughs> I, I Sometimes I think you lampoon me with these ideas. <laughs> you know, you pick the one it's I really don't like, look. and you're just like, oh, let's just see how it responds when I say how good it is. It's a very popular episode, Matt. You are the outlier here. Well, you know. It's, I don't think I'm being massively controversial there. It's a very, very good story. Uh, the, thing, uh, look, the thing that I love about it is, one, historical. Two, Cybermen. Three, all of the main cast have something entertaining and interesting and, you know, um, characterful to do in that story it's one of the very few stories of series 11 and 12 that actually serves all three companions and the doctor equally well i think it's an amazing bit of writing so that's why it's my number one um so do you want do you want to know my series rankings yeah as is tradition towards the end of things yeah, I, I I never really change these around much. I probably I probably should at some point. I just tend to slot the new one in and, and see how I feel. But, you know, for what it's worth, starting at the bottom, Series 2, then Series 3, then Series 11, then Series 8, this is where the new one slots in, Series 12. Bit higher than Series 8, but below Series 6. Uh, then I've got Series 7, Series 1, Series 4, Series 10... Series 5, and then still sitting right at the top, Series 9. Excellent. Make of that what you will, listeners. Um, just a tiny bit more business to deal with. Um, we should mention that next week we are doing The Sixth Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little bit of um, toing and froing. Yeah. On, on on Twitter but, about what we should do for the sixth doctor. And we've decided like odd... we're going to watch the twin dilemma twice. Mm, not on this occasion. Um it, it genuinely I considered it for half a second. <laughs> but um the obvious choice would have been probably Vengeance on Varos, which is the best of uh Colin Baker's first series. And I think the one that best encapsulates what they were trying to do and often failing to do with that series, it it gets closest to actually being an unmitigated success in that, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was talked around 
uh, by various folks um, that we we often reference. So um, certainly um, Mark from uh, the all of time and space. All of time, all of time and space. I always get um, that and uh, my adventure in uh, time and space muddled up. <laughs> but yeah, so so um, it was him. Uh, Cloyster Bell, um, I think James Courtney chipped in as well. I'm doing this from memory because I don't have the thread in front of me. Uh, and Jake from Married to Who, all kind of suggesting that we should do Mark of the Rani for various reasons. So I think that's what we're doing. I think you're going to finally get a proper Rani story, man. Hooray! Yeah, you, you've been... Uh, Desperate for that, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, ever since I saw her land in Albert Square, I thought, that, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, I need to know more about this character. There there are there are depths here, which we're only beginning to to um, scratch the surface of in uh, Dimensions in Time. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. If you, want, if you want to catch up on that, listeners, Mark of the Rani, it's a... Uh, with like most of that series, it's it's forty five minute episodes, but there are only two of them, so it's it's equivalent of a standard four parter. Um, and uh, one final thing, I just need to check with you, Matt, before we we uh finally put this to bed. Yes, I can. And me to bed, yes. frankly, because because yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely knackered at this point. But I do need to ask, Matt. Are you a Doctor Who fan? Mm, no. No. No, I'm not. No, no. Oh. There's a lot riding on flux, isn't there? Listeners? There is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would say before we go is I can't yes, even remember. This episode feels like it's been three days long. I, I can't. It does. I can't remember if I mentioned at the beginning or whether it was off pod to you. But in the coming weeks, I have again appeared on the Who Can Convince You pod as a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check those guys out. We've mentioned them a little bit today. Check out the Cloister Bell. Check out all of Time and Space, my adventures in Time and Space, or my adventures in Space and Time. I can never remember which way around it is. <laughs> check out yeah. Married to Who. Um, have we missed anything else? I think that's it. I think that's all of our podcast mates, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're the better uh, Doctor Who podcasts you can listen to. Yeah, if you're if if you're sick of this nonsense, yeah, there are plenty of better options out there for you, listeners. Yeah. Um, so, but until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. Until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.